Hey everyone, it's Dave Barnett uh, from the investlocalbook.com blog where we talk about small business, talk about local investing, personal household finance, and home economic stuff. I wanted to talk a little bit today about the difference between entrepreneurs and investors. Um, and this whole thing was brought up in a big way to me by a project that I was asked to work on. I was asked to prepare an evaluation and ultimately a marketing package for a business uh, where the owner wants to sell. And the business has been operating for a number of years and the owner basically put close to a million dollars into this business. Acquisition of land, construction of buildings, and it's the type of business where the, the land is the business um, and the use of the land is, is what the business is. So it's, it's not like, you know, I can get onto my traditional, well, you know, you should have leased instead of buying or anything like that. So he put almost a million dollars into creating this business and sales have gone down as he has changed the, the business. He Sales have gone down, but profits have gone up because he's isolated unprofitable aspects of the business and he shut them down. Uh, so he, over the course of time, he's tried to do more and more to make it more efficient, make it more profitable to his credit. But today, where we sit, we have a business that has been built up with about a million dollars of investment that is doing less than half a million dollars in sales and is producing um, a cash flow, so sort of an EBITDA adjustment cash flow of about 40 grand. And here's the kicker he and his wife are working in the business and they're not drawing a salary. So in the case of this business, we have not only a huge investment, but we also have some owners who are giving a massive labor subsidy to the business. And this happens, unfortunately. I think people try to fool themselves. They try to um, they think that they're helping the business and this is what's happening. The owner and his wife are both working in the business. Um, one of them is acting as a manager and bookkeeper, etc. The other one is, is displacing a retail employee that might cost them $10 an hour or something. So they're in there doing this work instead of being out in the real world earning the types of salaries that their education would would command for them. I mean, these two people would should normally be out earning fifty to seventy thousand dollars a year in professional roles, and instead they're sort of wasting their time trying to help this business. So they're probably giving up as a couple, you know, a hundred to one hundred fifty thousand dollars of earned income in exchange for spending time in this business that throws off an EBITDA of like 39 grand. 
So if you paid people to do those roles, the retail part is seasonal, the, the accounting and bookkeeping role is to a large degree seasonal as well. But let's just say uh, you could get those two roles covered for the summer for like 20 grand. So they would be off earning 100 to 150. Employees would take care of the business. And the thing would throw off an EBITDA of like 20 grand. Well, as an investor, what would you pay? for an investment that put out 20 grand a year of cash flow. Not a whole lot. I mean, if it was a low risk thing like like a government bond, you might be willing to pay 3 or 400 grand to get that $20,000, you know, interest so to speak. But we're talking about small business that has competition, employee issues, you know, changing marketplace, there's uh risk with the weather in this business. It's a seasonal business that people uh, use the business outdoors. So if it's rainy, revenues go down. So very risky. So, you know, a lot of small businesses will sell for, you know, three or four times EBITDA. So now we're talking about an investor being willing to pay a hundred and, you know, 90 to 120 grand for this cash flow. Sorry, if that was 30 grand, it's only 20. On a $20,000 cash flow, you're looking at someone willing to pay between 60 and 80 grand. And as I was working through this and I was talking with them about my normalizations, my adjustments, I asked the question, I said, you know, how much would you pay for an investment that would give you 20 grand a year? And of course, immediately the objection that comes up is, well, it costs this many hundred thousand to buy the land, and it costs this many hundred thousand to build the building, and it costs this many hundred thousand for the equipment and the furniture and etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera, right? Don't forget, a million bucks went into this. And these people are what you call entrepreneurs. Entrepreneurs have a vision of what they want to achieve and it's a dream and they go about building their dream they create the business to match what is in their dream what's in their head and they're willing to work for no pay in order to try and realize the dream try to make it work and so entrepreneurs i guess you know there's a lot of funny quotes about entrepreneurs how they're a little bit crazy or whatever um, because they get into businesses that don't have proven revenues or cash flows, etc. Investors are a whole different breed. Investors have capital, and they want to get the best return for the risk that they possibly can. And so when I was a business broker, I used to meet a lot of the times with entrepreneurs who wanted to sell their business but the people who came to buy businesses were not entrepreneurs, they were investors. And the two different mindsets would clash all the time. So these guys who, uh, who own this business, they say to me, you know, this is what it costs us to build. We know it's not making a lot of money. We're willing to sell it at a loss. 
And so in their minds, they think that, you know, they're going to be able to go out and sell this thing for six or seven or 800 grand. And I'm telling them it's worth less than a hundred. And they say, how can it be worth less than a hundred? Um, when it, we, all this value exists in the land and the buildings and everything. And I said, well, then you're not talking about selling a business, are you? You're talking about liquidating assets that a business owns. You're saying, here's a piece of land. Who wants to buy land? And whoever's going to pay the highest price is going to be the person that can put it to the best utility and get the best value out of it. So what is that going to be? Is it going to be a landscape guy is going to strip topsoil off of it? Or is it going to be a farmer is going to come along and grow corn on it? Or is it going to be a rancher come along and graze cattle on it? Who's going to be able to pay the most? Who's going to get the most value out of this land? And as far as the building, you know, the building has a commercial kitchen and a big meeting space. So, you know, is this going to be bought by someone who wants to run a banquet hall operation? Is it going to be someone who wants to open a, a restaurant? You know, who's going to buy it and for what purpose? And basically what's going to happen is these parts are going to be sold off to other people who are going to want to start other businesses, essentially other entrepreneurs trying to build the blocks of their dream to put together their business. But an investor isn't going to come along and buy a piece of land unless there's a cash flow associated with it, right? So if you're out there going to, for example, buy a business, it's one of the most frustrating things to run into because you talk with a business seller who is oftentimes someone who started a business and their mentality is that you should be willing to invest a bunch of money and time and work for nothing for years and years to succeed and make your dream happen just like they were. And, and the seller, the entrepreneur, doesn't want to realize that the buyer is an investor and is only interested in what kind of return they're going to be able to get on their money. And if the buyer is going to be someone who becomes the manager of the business, they're also interested to a certain extent in the lifestyle and the role of the owner-manager. Uh, so in, in a certain extent, they're also buying themselves a job. Anyway, um, these people that hired me, they're not really happy. They're, uh, I think deep down inside, one of them has a financial and bookkeeping background. I mean, they know what I'm saying is true, that they basically have put a whole bunch of resources and money and assets together to create a business and the business isn't creating the cash flow it needs to. Um, for this business to be worth a million bucks, it would need to be generating hundreds of thousands of dollars of, of EBITDA um, cash flow for the owners and it's nowhere near that. And there's no plausible plan uh, to get it anywhere close to that. So anyway, um, if you are interested in learning more about buying a small business, uh, follow my blog, sign up for my newsletter, um, enroll in some of the courses that I offer. You can find out more at investlocalbook.com. And if you are an investor interested in how you can get 
cash flows out of small business without the risk of being in business, uh, then you're going to want to buy my book, Invest Local, which talks about many different ways to invest locally in your own community for superior returns over what you can get from the sellers of retail investments. Anyway, thanks for tuning in. And as always, it's a, it's a pleasure. I look forward to your comments and feedback. And if you want to learn more, buy my books. See you soon.